Hello, welcome to Rain City Bunker Episode 6. I'm Greg Moon here with my buddy Andy Brown. Hello. And we have been gone for about a month. We did a uh, really interesting interview, we thought, with uh, Dr. Jeanette Heyer in our la last podcast. And that was a very interesting podcast. I went back and listened to it, and it was kind of technical. <laughs> I, I was kind of surprised that we were able to keep up with uh, Dr. Heyer a little bit. But uh, we did. We hope you had a good – hope you found it interesting. Uh, we sure did. And anyway, we're back. We're just going to have some stories we're going to talk about. And uh, no interviews this week, but we do like the interviews, so we will hopefully have one next time, or we may even have special uh, co-hosts yeah. or in-studio guests. Yeah, there's something that we're uh, that we're working on. I, I think we'll have pretty soon. Um, and uh, well, we're always working on something. I'm always thinking of somebody that we can talk to and uh, have on the show, um, and pestering them to be on. <laughs> so. But, um, yeah, so we haven't been on for a while, and there's just a couple interesting things that were in the news that we want to talk about, and just general stuff. So, Greg, you're going to kick it off, Yeah, right? yeah, and one of the podcasts I said I thought we'd do a podcast every two weeks, and we, Andy and I just talked about it before I uh, started recording, and we don't know our schedule. <laughs> it could be twice a month or once a month. It's going to, you know, vary, but uh, we... And we, we're, we're dedicated to this for at least a year or so, hopefully, or, you know, we don't know the time frame, but just uh, we do, it's in our minds often, but we're busy, you know, like everyone else, so, but we do have fun doing it. We're busy. We what do you people want? <laughs> <laughs> all, yes. The, all five of you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the first story, this was pretty amazing. Uh, as soon as I read this story, I emailed Andy, um, which I typically do. If I find an interesting story, I immediately tell Andy. So we think, eh, that might be a good topic for the podcast. Now, this one was on the mainstream news. And this was one of the most unusual stories I really have ever heard of. This is a real story on mainstream news. And uh, I have never heard of something like this before. Had, was, had you heard of this sort of thing? Uh, no, I hadn't heard of it. It was posted on ABC News. And um, I had kind of the same reaction. I, when I first saw it, I thought it was something that would have been on, like, uh, the National Enquirer website or, or uh, Star Magazine or something like something with Bat Boy on the cover, the Weekly World News. It's it's a really strange story um, and something I've never heard of before. And uh, yeah, it, I think 2020 did a, a yep. bit on it, but um, but yeah. it bears repeating. We can talk about some of the related. Yeah, so, uh, we printed out about a quarter of the story off ABC News. And as usual, we will post all the links to the stories. Uh, the title is A Girl That Doesn't Age. Uh, Brooke Greenberg is the size of an infant with the mental capacity of a toddler, and she turned 16 in January. At 16, Brooke is old enough to drive, but she still rides in the car seat. Why doesn't she age, Howard Greenberg, 52, asked of his daughter. Is she the fountain of youth? Such questions are why scientists are fascinated by Brooke. Among the many documented instances of children who fail to grow or develop in some way, Brooke's case may be unique. According to her doctor, Johns Hopkins School of Medicine uh, pediatrician Lawrence Pakula in, in Baltimore, many of the best-known names in medicine in their experience have not seen anyone who matched up to Brooke, Pakula said. She is always a surprise. Brooke has age in the conventional sense. Dr. Richard Walker of the University of South Florida College of Medicine in Tampa says Brooke's body is not developed as a coordinated unit but as independent parts that are out of sync. She has never been diagnosed with any known genetic syndrome or 
chromosomal, how do you say Cro- chromosomal. <laughs> abnormality, which uh, would help. Or chromosomal. <laughs> yeah, something to do with the chromosomes that would help explain why. And uh, so they're saying, I'm going to kind of paraphrase some of this here. Uh, she has her baby teeth still at 16, but uh, they diagnose her bones to be about 10 years of age, uh, equivalent. And there's been very minimal changes in her brain. Various parts of her body all stay in the same stage, seem to be disconnected. And uh, Brooke's mother, Melanie Greenberg, 48, sees a different picture. She loves to shop, just, <laughs> just like a woman. She said it, not me. <laughs> Brooke rides in a stroller while her mom shops her clothes in the infant sections of department stores near their home in uh, Baltimore suburb. That Brooke is in her mid-teens is so mind-boggling that if another mother with a toddler asks Greenberg how old she is, she usually doesn't try to explain. My system has been to turn years into months, Greenberg says. So if someone asked today, I'd say she's 16 months old. And that's the part of the story. We just wanted so you get an idea of what's going on in this case. It's very unusual. And um, if you check out the links, you'll see, and I think Greg would agree with me, that it's different from like um, uh, somebody who's a little person or has dwarfism because she has the appearance of being a toddler. There's there's nothing different. If you saw her, you would you would say, oh, there's just a little a baby, basically. And I think in the longer article that I read, they did have to do an operation on her to remove a, a benign tumor. Hmm. But I think beyond that, I don't think there's been really any other uh, sort of medical abnormalities with her. Yeah. And that's what's so strange about this story. Yeah. And that there appears to be something in her physiology that is preventing at least aspects of her from aging. Oh, many as all yeah. aspects. Yeah. It seemed like some parts are aging at different rates. Yeah. Like the bones are equivalent to a 10 year old's bones, which for a 16 year old is still pretty remarkable. Yeah. And the thing that uh, makes it proof, I would say that it, this is a real story. Well, it's on mainstream, so you can kind of trust that. And they show pictures of her when she was, a, you know, actually two years old with her sisters. And they were young. Now they show pictures of her with her sisters, and her sisters are teenagers, and she's still uh, apparently a toddler for all intents and purposes. So, and Andy and I have talked about this a little bit. I don't remember in history any kind of myth or, you know, legend or fairy tale about someone who just stays a toddler. Did you? Benjamin Button. Well, <laughs> that's a that's more or less a recent story, though. and he's just going backwards. He's uh, not staying at one stage. Um, actually, it's based on that. Uh, it's based on a short story by what, what's the guy? Guy who wrote the Great Gatsby. Fitzgerald. Uh, yeah, F. Scott Fitzgerald. But but yeah, you're right. I I don't remember ever running across this. You know, there's the thing like the Fountain of Youth. Um, you know that legend. Obviously, I think people, according to that legend, if they drink from the Fountain of Youth, they regress. Oh, do they backwards. actually? I believe. Legend? I believe so. I don't. You think don't just like, stay at the current. No, current I think age. It, you 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 actually regress, mm. de-age, <laughs> <laughs> to coin a to coin a word. Um, well, you know what if you know what if they can tap into some sort of uh, genetic uh, possibility of freezing the aging process or even reversing it, and you know Greg and I talked about that for a while, and uh, Greg, you said that. Um, you know, if you had the, uh, you might not choose to live like another few hundred years or something. <laughs> and um, I don't know, you know, I, and I, then I kind of, I kind of threw out the, uh, the temptation of, I know you love space travel and everything. And I'm like, what if you could live long enough to live out your dream of 
you know, traveling to other planets and so forth. Yeah. And, and seeing the future is always interesting when there's yeah. new inventions and how culture changes. That's always interesting. But it seems as though at some point you're just tired of eating and <laughs> You know, sleeping and just living life. And I kind of, I kind of posited the idea that if you could potentially live for as long as you know your body would hold out in its current condition, I thought, well, actuarially, eventually something's going to get you. You're going to get hit by a car, plane's going to crash, or even if you live long enough, you'll get struck by lightning or something. (laughs) And I wonder if you live long enough, if you just eventually would just live in this psychological dread of when the, the you know, when the hammer was going to drop. When I'm the... 300 years old and I've had f- 20 close misses with cars. One's going to get me. <laughs> so, so yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of interesting questions there. Uh, but well, uh, what's interesting, back to the story a little bit, uh, they said that there's been other, you know, cases of other children that have various things similar to this, like. Well, there's those little the people that age so quickly they never get too big, right, Andy? Do you remember that? Yeah, called? I'm trying to remember what that is. There, called. Yeah, there's but they, they stay about me. about four foot tall, right? And they just they're nine years old and they look like they're ninety, right? Yeah, they they that's a genetic right. They're condition. aging. They're it's going the other direction. They're aging really rapidly, but they never actually become full adult Correct. size yeah. either. Yeah. yeah, but they have things like osteoporosis yeah. and arthritis, and yeah. oh, it's that's sad. Yeah, that's, that's very sad. sad. It's actually kind of the opposite of this, but yeah. they. It'd be interesting. We might have to do a little more research that there have been cases like this, but not all the aspects. Yeah. So that this seems very thing. unique. Like I, I don't remember ever running across anything like this. You know. No. 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 Very. And and I just have to emphasize, it's not like she. It's not like she's a little person or a dwarf. You know, suffering from dwarfism. Yeah. It's uh, she is just still has the body of an infant. And um. Her brain evidently kind of froze at, at a stage, too, because she, she I guess she never learned to talk, even yeah. though she's two. Kids are talking a little bit by yeah. two. Usually she didn't learn to talk, and she's kind of stuck at that, I guess, kind of just pre-toddler right. development mentally. Right. So very interesting. Yeah, we'll put the uh, story up in the pictures, pictures and uh, the full story. And it's, uh, it's really fascinating. It just was really striking. I thought it was, a like Andy said, something like out of the Inquirer or the Weekly uh-huh. World News, but it appears to be a real story. And then uh, <clears throat> this, we can make a transition into, you know, the idea of time passing. Go. I, I, there were two stories, and they happened like within a week of each other. Oh, you know what? We should talk about. I mean, the big news. I mean, we're not going to go into it because everybody is like been talking about this ad nauseum. But of course, everybody knows that uh, there were a whole like Greg kind of made the mild joke that he wouldn't want to be a celebrity right now because there were a whole series of celebrity deaths Farrah Fawcett and Michael Michael Jackson being the most uh, uh, obvious one and uh, Billy Carl, Mays Billy Mays Carl Malden um, Oscar Meyer Ed McMahon Ed, Oscar Meyer did Ed McMahon die? yeah he, he, oh you're right you're he right, started he it <laughs> yeah you're right well, you're, well yeah <laughs> he started but so uh, speak. it is strange how things go in those groupings and uh, and you know as far as you know you know, a lot of people, I hear a lot of people complaining about the coverage of Michael Jackson, and I don't think it should supplant uh, more serious news. But I think the reason that there's so much coverage is he was a truly a singular person. Yeah, and, very iconic. And uh, as far as his talent went, and also there's just the str- strange way that he lived his life. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that stuff's just ratings. So, you know, when someone of that stature is Elvis, Elvis like yeah. in stature and. Uh, 
he's been around since the early 70s and he hasn't been so popular with music lately yeah. but just for so long he's been such a iconic part of the culture and what comes to mind for me is the back to the future movie where they have ronald reagan and michael jackson aren't they the uh, animated uh, computer versions Oh yeah, I remember something about that. Yeah, so they're you know, which by the way, eighties cafe. Yeah, but which by the way, we're coming up on that. What is he was supposed to have gone to the twenty fifteen? Wasn't that the the yeah? Yeah, Yeah, so we're coming up on that pretty quick. Let's see how close they came. I don't think very (laughs) close at all. Although according to that future, there's supposed to be another Jaws movie. That would be kind of fun. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, uh, oh yeah, how about we we can mention that too? Jaws. Uh, Greg had never seen Jaws all the way through, which just I was shocked as a movie fan I, that kind of almost offended me, <laughs> <laughs> but I got Greg to watch it all the way through. And so somebody, Greg, somebody from the time you were a kid, we were kids about the same, about the, almost exactly the same age at the time that came out. And you got a chance to see it now as an adult without being super familiar, more, any more familiar than just what you would pick up in the popular culture. Yeah, but, and I've seen bits and pieces of it, and you know, I was kind of aware of you know what's involved. So, but, what did you, what did you think of that movie as a whole? I, you can I, be I, honest; I, you don't I, have to it, worry about it. It's me. probably it probably would have made a bigger impact when I was ten years old yeah. in the seventies because I, I recognized for the time it was pretty innovative. Yeah, and it was a pretty spooky, especially probably for a kid. Yeah. Uh, as an adult who's seen special effects and amazing stories ever since. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't that great, really. I think it really was a movie of its time, in a sense. I, it's always going to be a classic, but it really probably had the biggest impact at that time. But, oh, I was gr- I'm glad I saw it because there's so many references in culture. That we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. You know, yeah. that totally puts it in perspective. And one of the things, and I'll just move on, but I know I've heard Spielberg, they actually intended to have the mechanical shark be a, a, a much much more of a presence in the movie and it, it was malfunctioning all the time so it forced them to film the movie and edit it in such a way that the that the shark is implied with a few appearances you know and i've heard spielberg said that that actually has worked out that it actually worked out for the better for that movie that it made it much more suspenseful and, and so forth. I agree. And he, he, I remember some interview I saw him in recently where he said that it would have been a completely different movie and not as good of a movie if they had, if he had had access to CGI because he would have been tempted to make this whole CGI shark and everything. And, and you know, I, I think it would have been less of a movie. I, I, I agree. I think that's, I think that's a problem with a lot of movies, yeah, particular horror movies now. I they, was just going to say the same yeah. thing. One of my favorite movies is, is alien. Yeah. And the alien doesn't make a big appearance. I alien mean, or aliens? Which one do you like? The better? first one. The first. They're one. both good They're in both my opinion, good, yeah. but the first one because you just get kind of these glimpses and the scattering, yeah. the little when it pops out and it scatters. I mean, it's yeah. when you have kind of that element of mystery that really in movie making goes a long way. Yeah. Now, part of the reason we're talking about movies, Andy, if you don't know, is a great movie buff. He knows a lot about movies, and he even does movies for fun every so often. He makes his own. So and Andy's really knowledgeable. He knows a lot of this stuff. He knows about the various aspects of movie making, which I I'm learning from Andy, but uh, <laughs> never really knew much about it before. <laughs> so, but anyway, since we were talking about the past and aging and so forth, there's two stories that kind of showed up right around the same time uh, as each other, and they both involved found wallets. And uh, I just for some reason I thought I I was a little jealous of these these two people. And uh, 
the first story actually is about a wallet that was found in uh, Central Park in New York City, and it had been missing for 27 years since 1982. And I'll read a little bit of the story. Uh, Upper East Sider Ruth Bendick never thought that she'd see see her wallet again after it was snatched while she watched the New York City Marathon in 1982. Never say never. (laughs) Nearly 30 years after she was ripped off, the 69-year-old woman got a pleasant surprise last week when her wallet was discovered stashed inside a dying cherry tree in Central Park, according to the New York Post. Uh, I remember it like it was yesterday, Bendick recalled. I was in the park walking over to greet the runners after they finished, and I was in a crush of people, and all of a sudden I realized my purse felt very light. Although the blue leather wallet has been recovered, the $20 that was inside inside it is no is long gone. The only money left was a 1982 dirt-encrusted penny, according to the Post. Uh, yellowed photo holders contained credit cards from an uh, antiquated company such as Bell Telephone. Wow. Uh, yeah, they're long gone. And manufacturers Hanover Trust Bank, as well as Bendix Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center ID, and her student ID from Columbia University's Teachers College. Uh, apparently, a tree care supervisor, Josh Galili, Galili? Galili, yeah. Galili, found the wallet in the hollow of, of a tree he took down near Rumsey Playfield and East 72nd Street. He and two colleagues had just cut the tree in several pieces, and he started fishing in the hollow to finish the job. I started poking around with a shovel a little bit, a little more. And it was at the base of the hole, Galili told the Post. It was clearly a woman's wallet at the bottom of five feet of compost. Mm-hmm. I mean, so just the fact that they found it is kind of a kind of yeah. really cool. Too. They had to dig for it. They didn't even. I wonder why they were even digging. Yeah, <laughs> it says Galili forked the wallet over to the Central Park cops, and the detective returned it to its rightful owner the next day. Um, so my guess is whoever ripped it off. Do you think they they threw it and it ended up in the tree, or do you think they stashed it in there? I bet. I bet they just stashed it. They had this wallet. What am I going to do with this wallet? And just, yeah. oh, throw it in this tree. Probably had a one of those holes. It would be tree. funnier if they threw it. But, uh, yeah, who knows? We'll <laughs> but I think the odds are pretty long against yeah. it. But anything's possible. That she got it back at all after 27 years is pretty amazing. <laughs> now, I, well, well, if you think that's amazing. <laughs> well, it's just amazing because your wallet is a snapshot of your life. Yes, yeah, that's what's so, so cool. It is essentially a time capsule, a very small time capsule. Yeah who your credit cards were. I keep a list of phone numbers, so yeah. you would know who my friends are at that yeah. time. Um, yeah, it's just kind of fascinating. So it was kind of like an unintentional time capsule, which really is the case. So if you think 27 years for a recovered wallet is cool, how about 63 years? Uh, this this one is uh, took place in uh, Baker City, Oregon, and it was a wallet that was lost for 63 years. Uh, once again, reading from the article. Bill Fulton doesn't remember losing his wallet, but getting it back more than 60 years later helped him remember the past. The leather stayed smooth and the zipper moved as easily as it did in 1946. When he 1946, <laughs> the year after World War II ended. Yep, the year after World War II ended. When he apparently dropped the wallet behind the balcony bleachers at the Baker Middle School gym while cheering for the Baker High basketball team. Fulton's social security card and a bicycle license for his job as a drugstore delivery boy were positioned in their respective compartments, apparently untouched since the year after World War II ended. And this is his quote. After that long, my gosh, it stayed in good shape, Fulton, 78, told the Baker City Herald. It's hard to believe. A worker found the wallet along with old homework, lost library books. Wow. I would have loved to have gone behind there. That would have been so cool. 
along with old homework lost library books and a 1964 talent show program while removing the bleachers for renovations on June 17th. It was brought to Fulton's door the following day by Melanie Trindle, the Baker Middle School secretary. Her quote, he was pretty much amazed. He kept saying, thank you, thank you so much. The brown pine bleachers had been in place since the school opened in 1936. Fulton said the recovery has led him to reflect on a life that took him to the Korean War in Berlin before return to Baker City. Well, it's good that he ended up, I mean, you know, he could have been anywhere in the world, you know. He worked at Ellings uh, Ellings and Lumber Company for 30 years until 1994. <laughs> no, this is kind of sad. Where did all that time go, Fulton said with a deep sigh. It's hard to believe that the times have gone so fast. <laughs> oh, I just had a birthday recently, so that's... Uh, <laughs> It's kind of it kind of hits me, you know, and it got me thinking, Greg. I didn't mention this before we started the show, but because um, I kind of wanted to spring it on you, but I think in like 1978 or 79, when I still lived in Michigan, I was still a kid in Michigan. I have this memory. I I, I think I was kind of obsessed with like like pirates and the idea of buried treasure and all that kind of stuff and time capsules back then, <clears throat> and uh, some friends and I at my friend Jennifer's house in her backyard. And I remember it was like near this certain tree. I could probably find it again because they didn't have a whole bunch of trees in their backyard. We dug a hole and we buried like a, like a mason jar with, st- I think stuff we, I don't know what we put in there. Maybe like, I, I feel like we put some change in there. I don't know why. Maybe like a quarter, you know, 76, you know, bicentennial quarter or something. And some like notes that, we wrote there was maybe about four or five of us involved and i will bet that that is still in that backyard and uh my mom is still friends with her parents and they still live in that house oh that'd be great for the podcast yeah you gotta get that so i am thinking i don't know how i would broach the subject like hey do you mind if i dig in your backyard i was thinking maybe (laughs) i could get like a cheap uh metal detector because it has the you know mason jars have those tin metal lid lids and i pretty sure i remember oh what tree it was near. that would be very cool i you know it'd be kind of weird as a 40 something well, year old guy asking but tell uh, him it's for this uh really popular podcast you do <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but anyways yeah so uh so i'm totally down with i i, I just i would love to find something like that just something you forgot in a box somewhere yeah. or something and like, like i said possible. it's like a snapshot of your life you yeah. know your social security card you know uh you know, probably some club he was in, yeah. or, you know, student body card. I yeah. mean, that's kind of, that's really amazing. And it's kind of cool that people get these things back. And since we're talking about this kind of lost things, oh, yeah. back yeah. a friend of ours uh, recently found a wallet and uh, things, she, I didn't hear the whole story, but she found the owner. Yeah. The owner got the wallet. And uh, I found, I think, I think this was after our last podcast. But anyway, oh, I you, thought you mentioned. Did I mention it last? Yeah, I time? thought you mentioned it when yeah. I found. I found some money, and uh, there was a check, and the check was made out to a person. Google the person's name. That person goes to school here in Seattle, and I, I thought, well, that's gonna be hard to contact the person through their school. So I went on Facebook, and boom, there they were. A couple of days later, got she, she came by and picked up her money. Yeah. So the internet, you know, you had mentioned good thing you lived in Oregon. Yeah. I'm not sure that really matters anymore. Yeah, that's you true. You could get true. on the internet and find them or their kids yeah. or family. And nowadays it's pretty easy to, f- unless yeah. you're trying to hide. Yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty easy yeah. to find people, at least in my experience. Yeah. Our, our friend who found the wallet had a harder time. Yeah. Evidently there's a few hoops to go through to find the person. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just, I just love that hidden thing. And, and, you know, we talk about that, uh, 
show that we that I listen to, and I think Greg listens to every once in a while, Coast to Coast. And one of the hosts, what is he? He calls it like the hidden shoeboxes of history, <laughs> and he's talking more about like in, in their case, they're talking about like you know people who might know about UFOs or have a part of a UFO or something like that. But I was always really intrigued by the last scene in um, Raiders of Lost Ark where the the janitor guy is wheeling the boxed up uh, Lost Ark in, down that in that huge warehouse with all of these crates with you know your imagination just goes wild like with uh, with what's in those crates and everything and i think the sci-fi channel which has recently changed its name to syfy for some bizarro reason they have a show called um uh, what is it called like warehouse 13 yeah i haven't seen it yet but i think it's kind of playing with that idea so the idea that the federal government has all these <clears throat> yeah. hidden treasures yeah locked up and hidden away for our own good <laughs> For her own protection. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I just, I love that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it, once again, you know, to try to get anybody to participate, like, if you know of any story like that, that those are the sort of things that yeah. I love to read about. So. And on a much smaller scale, uh, when I put up here in the bunker, the basement, <laughs> I put up a ceiling, and that was 1994, and I put two newspapers up there from the, oh. those days. Oh, that's cool. But... When I had my kitchen remodel in 03, my contractor tore it down, so it was only a nine-year-old uh, time capsule. But yeah. I still have those papers upstairs. Oh, that's cool. I believe. Only nine years, but it was kind of... Yeah, I like that idea, too, yeah. of a time capsule. I think my elementary school did some sort of time capsule. I should look into that, because they closed my elementary school. Right. So, I, Yeah, I forgot. And sometimes those things get forgotten, yeah. too. People forget that they, they existed, and, you know... Yeah, I'm yeah. going to look into that. Yeah. That'd be kind of interesting if there's something. That would be from 79. So, and what would our show be without Greg? Take it away. I know you want to. Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Have we done a monster in every episode? Uh, I don't think so, but. But, you know, here. it's, yeah. Maybe one well, episode got through that monster. monster. So, yeah. Now, this was another thing. Uh, one of the blogs I go to um, will do links to these unusual stories. And uh, I saw this video and immediately. Hey, Andy, is this an idea for the podcast? And, and I will say this. Um, a lot of times there's, you know, various, you know, UFO videos or uh, uh, Bigfoot videos or whatever. And, and for the most part, I'm pretty underwhelmed because they're either usually obviously fakes or they're just, it's just like, I don't see it, you know. But I will say that <laughs> if you check out this video, it is something weird. I mean, it may have a completely natural explanation or the possibility it might be a hoax if it is a hoax somebody really went to yeah. great lengths to make it look really weird and but this is one of those situations where sure it could always be a hoax but the video was taken by the city is I that think it was a city or is a that confirmed i mean have you have you I run just, that down i was just reading about it. actually it's a private they found this monster in a private sewer system in uh, i think it's raleigh north carolina oh. and i think it was a contractor because the video is stamped with like you know. Well, describe describe what the video is. Well, the video, I'm not sure exactly why they were doing this, but they were putting when the you know cameras are so small and flexible and you can put them anywhere. They, yeah. they had some problem in their sewer. I think some uh, roots were growing in and they were yeah. you know leaking. Well, I've actually, just to, as a little aside, I've, I've actually seen um, as, uh, I, you know, I can't talk too much about it because it's where I work, but we, every once in a while, there'll be a claim against something, like a homeowner claim. We work for an insurance company and they have like a... a 
sewer inspector thing, and it looks just like that. Yeah, it's I, a little inspection camera that they they yeah. send down the sewer pipe. I think and, it's yeah. a legitimate contractor or whatever consultant that comes in and checks out your sewer line, see if it needs to be replaced. It's expensive. You know, I thought of getting mine replaced because yeah. mine leaks a little bit, and it's like ten thousand dollars. So you want to be sure before you invest that kind of money that there's really, you know, that you know what the problem is. Anyway, they send this uh, camera down and they show the clip, the clips on YouTube. In fact, it was kind of a sensation yeah. a week or two ago. So some of you may have possibly already seen it, but uh, when they're going through the sewer, they 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 <laughs> to me it looks like an octopus. It looks like they a little octopus, and when they put the light on it. It kind of reacts. It's you should say it's kind of it's kind of bulging. Imagine like a membrane that's bulging out of a crack in a in in the you know in the cracks that connect the sewer pipes together. You know they they come in segments, and there's like cracks. Now imagine uh, like almost like a membrane bulging out of that, and it's almost like purple. Kind of like the, gray. The, the the head whatever they call it of the octopus. It right. had no tentacles. It yeah. seemed to have like a and the, what reacts is this kind of uh, looks like a foot. Yeah, like a suction cup, but the suction cup foot thing kind of pulls in when they throw the light on it. Yeah, and evidently there's heat with the light, so yeah. it could either be the light or the heat, or this could be fake. Yeah, but it sure looks real to me. And uh, you know, I was reading these various explanations. Well, I think it's pretty small for one thing. Yeah, but, but I was reading some explanations before we uh, started recording, and uh, scientists propose it's a ball of worms. Like a colony of worms. I guess, yeah. but I really do not see any individual. It does not look like a, a collection of individual almost, creatures. It, to to me, me, it almost looked kind of like a jellyfish, kind of. Or, sort of. Yeah. yeah, it's not transparent, though. It's, it's, it's somewhat translucent. Oh, it's a little, the, you can see the a little foot bit. part. Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of see through the yeah. foot part, but the head part looks a lot like an octopus. Yeah. It has texture, and it's dark, and uh, there's no discernible eyes or mouth. It looks like just a ball of looks like a giant amoeba sort yeah. of. I mean, there's no real, you know, features, eyes or nose or mouth. It just has a suction cup kind of foot thing. Uh, but you got to watch the video. It's If it, someone did fake this, it's extremely well done. Yeah. Yeah, I'm no expert, but yeah. it just looks very real. And I don't think it'd be that big, probably yeah. smaller than the size of your fist. Yeah. So I guess the question is, if it's real and it's not worms, yeah. what I the mean, hell could this it? be a new life form? I don't think it'd be a new one. It'd just be an undiscovered. Well, I guess what does that mean? An yeah. Undiscovered one, but yeah. or just something that is out there and is known by you know by biologists, but it's just kind of unusual and we're not used to seeing it. Yeah. But it is weird. I will, I will back Greg up on that. Is it's definitely weird looking and worth checking out yeah. and a little viscerally yucky too. I yeah. yeah, I mean it's a sewer, but you don't see chunks of bad stuff. Going no, no, by. but I mean it's the, just the thing. Whatever it is, sewer, yeah, whatever it, just, it is, is kind of it looks very foreign. Yeah, I think I think that's what makes you kind of react is yeah. when something looks extremely foreign, <laughs> or you know, kind of antithetical to the human form, like spiders. <laughs> A lot of people don't like spiders because they're just they're so different than the kind of forms of life we you know you see around town. Yeah. <laughs> well. I don't know. People just tend to react against. You know what I think? One of the things with spiders is though too is they they seem to have a lot more agency than than other bugs. You know, you see a fly zipping around. It's they're kinda, stupid flies. It just seems around. stupid. But <laughs> a spider almost seems to know what it's doing. Yeah. You know, maybe it's it's the nature of being a predatory insect that it has to be like that. I don't yeah. know. But 
Yeah, they're. Well, I remember my brother had a story. This was pretty funny. I don't. He was at home, and there's a giant one of those wolf spiders that are pretty common. Yeah. Here in the Northwest, they're big. And I think I forget if Scott was my brother. Scott was just sitting there or what? But the spider, he said, <laughs> attacked him and ran. <laughs> at him. <laughs> I forget how he reacted. I think I, I think he ran away. <laughs> Well, I, I guess they can be, like you say, very aggressive, yeah. and that gives them this sense of intelligence. Yeah. And my, my buddy has a joke. I have this friend who lives, uh, he has a house, he and his wife have a house that's kind of set off in a little wooded area, so there's a lot of plants around and everything. And every time you go over, there's this, you have to kind of clear out the spider webs, and there's just tons of spiders all over. And he, he claims, I think he's telling the truth, that they'll clear out the spider webs, and then they'll be rebuilt in like 20 minutes. And he, he jokes that he thinks they're trying to catch a human. That's their goal. <laughs> so uh, if one of us goes missing, you know, we might be. Uh... <laughs> so so well, I, I, you I got to check out the video. It's really interesting. I think it's real. Um, it could be a worm collection. Yeah. And then you say that worms will secrete kind of. Well, yeah, the, I, I imagine if there were a bunch of them together, they could secrete mucus and it would kind of make them look like one yeah. solid entity. But. But I would think if they were worms, you would see individual kind of pokes. Yeah. This looks like a very smooth, yeah. uniform, kind of like I said, uh, yeah. octopus type. <laughs> but look at it. Uh, comment on the blog. Tell us what you think it is. <laughs> so, well, we're just going to do a short podcast today, right, Andy? Yeah, I think that'll that'll do it. We Like, like I said, we have stuff in the works, and uh, uh, there's one I don't want to talk about just in case it doesn't come through. But hopefully our next one, I think we'll be pretty interesting and we might have a couple of guests in studio or in bunker and uh <laughs> yeah so go ahead and wind it up greg i think uh, that's well that's that's, that's, uh, that's episode six of rain city bunker in the can and uh look forward to doing our next podcast we never know when but hopefully not too distant future and we look for ho hopefully you'll all be there see you then talk to you then bye